welcome to Mining Stock Daily. This is your host, Trevor Hall, and I am at the Beaver Creek Precious Metals Summit, and I have uh, two of some of my favorite people in the industry sitting around me. We have a different type of conversation for you today. Uh, instead of you know talking more about the uh, capital market side of the business, we're actually gonna talk a little technical side uh, and on the uh, processing side of the business and talk a little bit about ore sorting technology. To my left, I have the CEO of Vista Gold, that's Fred Ernest, and to my right, I have the CEO of Fireweed Zinc, Brandon McDonald. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us, and uh, I'm glad we're gonna be able to kind of talk about ore sorting, but uh, how's the uh, conference going thus far, and, and uh, what's been some of the feedback? Yeah, I think it's been going well. I mean, uh, being the guy trying to pitch a zinc project at a precious metal conference <laughs> isn't always the best place to, to be, but uh, we really like it here because uh, it's sophisticated groups, who get our project, you know, there may not be not a lot of retail interested in base metals right now, but the big the big guys get it, right? Yeah. And Fred, it's, you've come off some it, big news. We, we have. Earlier this week, we announced the results of an updated preliminary study, a preliminary feasibility study for our Mount Todd Gold project. The conference has been really busy for us. Uh, you know, it's a good gold price environment, and uh, there are a lot of smart people here, and uh, we've enjoyed the conference so far. I uh, might just put some highlights out there at a 1350 gold price. Uh, Mount Todd's now looking at all in sustaining costs of $688 an ounce. Uh, average annual production of just under 500,000 ounces the first five years of the project. But you couldn't have gotten there without the implementation of ore sorting technology, specifically with the Tomer solutions that you've been working with for, I, I think, five years or more, right? I, actually, it's been three years, but it's That's been a very hectic three years. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we, uh, we started some uh, optimization work in 2016 that uh, has led us down a very interesting path. Uh, first of all, you know, we, we uh, were looking for ways to make some very minor improvements in the project. And for us, you know, we, we started looking at ore sorting with the idea that hopefully optical sorting would be an advantage for us. Uh, we were, we were surprised to find out that optical sorting wouldn't work, but that there was better technology available for us. And uh, at Mount Todd, our gold is in uh, some, some, a series of veins. One set of veins has uh, quartz and calcite and sulfide minerals. And the gold is associated with the sulfide minerals. And in the other set of veins, there, the gold is in the quartz. And uh, what we found out is that uh, with XRT technology, uh, X-ray transmission technology, that there's a way to identify the quartz part, or, that, or rather the, the particles that have sulfide material in them, and to be able to sort them out. And it's, it really works because of density. The, the sulfide material is more dense than the country rock, and when it's X-rayed, I, I use the example, it's like an X-ray of your hand. The soft tissue is gray and the bone is white, and that's what the computer sees, and it's programmed to recognize white spots and clusters as, as points of value. Um, second of all, we, we take the rejects from that sorting step and we sort them using a laser. And when you shine a laser on our black rock, it's just a pinpoint. But when it shines on quartz, it penetrates it, the quartz lights up, and the sensors detect that. And the, and the result to us is that we're able to eliminate 10% of the run of mine material before it gets to the grinding circuit. Now the follow-on was what's really become interesting to us is that um, you know eliminating 10% allowed us to, to drop our, our, our grinding costs by 10%, leaching costs and tailings costs the same, but with less material recirculating back to the HPGR crusher, we were able to quickly make a decision as to are we going to get a smaller crusher or are we going to crush to a smaller size. 
and crushing to a smaller size, i.e. eighth of an inch instead of quarter of an inch, allowed us to get rid of three 18 megawatt ball mills and replace them with two 12 megawatt ball mills and add a, a fine grinding circuit. And that fine grinding circuit ultimately allowed us to grind from a 90 micron grind size down to 60 microns and at that point in time improve our recovery from 81.7% to 86.4. In the last 18 months we've continued on with this test work in the fine grinding circuit and we now report a, a recovery of 81 or I'm sorry 91.9% uh, recovery which is that's 10 percentage points better than where we started and, and the, the impact that that's had on economics for us has just been tremendous and it all started with Orsorg. Yeah. Well, that's a great story from a, I would consider a late stage uh, mine development plan. Let's go more to a junior exploration side who yeah. just started doing some uh, some testing with yeah. Orsorg. Brandon, give us a kind of a rundown of what you're doing. Yeah, was, we did a bench scale test and um, over our project, one of the zones that was of interest was a zone called the boundary zone in the far west of our project. Uh, big, broad zone, 2.5 kilometers trace. Uh, it's not a SEDEC system. It, it, it's, there was no barite there for, for the chemical trap to, to, to react with the zinc and uh, lead uh, fluids, but instead you've got these sphalerite, pyrite veins and, and, and dissemination in the matrix of these volcanics and, and conglomerates. Um, so what you see there is you see staggeringly large intersections of low grade. Uh, 280 meters of 2.5 percent zinc, you know, 255 meters of, of 2 percent zinc, et cetera, et cetera, right? And within that, sometimes you hit these these big veins, and you've got like four meters of 20 percent, right? So the question was, it, it looked like if you were going to mine an open pit, it would be reasonably low strip. So the mining cost looked okay, but feeding my mill with two and a half percent zinc, it is very tough to make money. So we were trying to crack this nut because the mineral endowment was so massive that there's real value there if you can, if you can figure it out. So we turned to ore sorting. And at first we looked at XRT, like, like what uh, you were doing. And, um, but because siderite is associated with the mineralization, there's not enough density contrast to kind of tease out what's valuable rock and what isn't. So we instead looked at the radios machines which do XRF um, uh, sorting. And so it's basically on the, the zinc content of the rocks kind of scans it as it's going through and then gets a, uh, an estimate of what the zinc content is, basically the zinc on based on the zinc on surface, and then chooses to either accept or reject it. And what we found at Boundary Zone, at the bench scale test, is we got 30% mass pull, which is means you're keeping 30% and rejecting 70, and only lose 15% of our metal in the process. So, incredible upgrade, right? So you're, you're depending on what your fines look like and how much of the metal's in the fines, which goes straight to the the plant, um, you know, it's going to be two, three-fold increase in, in the, the grade that, that's being processed, which now, okay, now you potentially have margin, right? Yeah. Um, so for us, where, where, you know, Vista Gold's looking at, hey, that, let's improve this. For us, this is a, does the boundary zone even work? And if the ore sorting works, now a zone with this incredible potential could potentially be bolted on and to be mined in parallel with the core Tom and Jason, and now suddenly you're going to have a massive swing in the, in the economics on the project. Why was it important for you to do this testing at such an early stage? Because I don't want to drill off something that's economically meaningless. Fireweed has no interest in being an optionality play, right? Like, I don't want to say I have the, you know, 
X million tons of zinc that is not economic. That doesn't, that's not, doesn't matter. Like, you know, the, the optionality plays to my mind are people saying, it doesn't work this cycle. I'll probably get my feasibility study done next cycle. And the cycle after that, I'm gonna get built. All right, that's, that's what, you know, the, the risk of, of trying to brand yourself as an optionality play is. So we wanted to make sure we could make money on it. And so we're gonna take the, we did two holes at Boundary Zone this year. Um, we're gonna get results for those in the next month or so. And uh, we're taking about two tons of that material to the actual uh, sorting companies. And they're gonna test it on a proper machine. So we're gonna graduate from bench scale testing to like a proper test. And, and if it holds up those results, uh, then I think we know we have to go back to Boundary Zone and get a resource on it. Fred, can you describe to me the time frame of when you guys first approached ore sorting and where you were in that project and just how much of an improvement it made in the economics of Mount Todd itself, just oh, just the ore sorting? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, we, we started out like, like like Brandon, you know, with a couple hundred rocks, bench scale yeah. test work, <laughs> and, and, and we've graduated to uh, sending 20 tons to Germany yeah. and running, running tests, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and, and our objective was that we wanted to run tests on a machine that was running at uh, operational speeds. You know, a 60 centimeter wide belt running at 2.7 meters a second. Um, you know, the improvement in, in sorting, uh, you know, we, we can talk about the impact on, on operating costs, you know, decreasing grinding, leaching and tailings cost by 10%. You know, on, on, an, on an IRR basis, you know, the sorting is, is probably worth a percentage point or two on our project. And, and it's not expensive technology. You know, our, the savings on the ball mills paid for our sorting infrastructure and the fine grinding. I mean, this was, the, for, for our project, the changes that were made in the process area design were capital neutral. And yet, because of, because of just the sorting, just being able to get rid of material without having to grind it and put the money into it, results in a, in a, in a, in a, in a small but very significant improvement in, in that economics. And you've never shied away that Mount Todd is geologically difficult. But how does ore sorting, does it, does ore sorting mitigate some of those challenges or does it, ore sorting part of the, uh, the uh, milling process? Is that, is that what improves the, uh, the, the story of Mount Todd? Well, no, what improves the story at Mount Todd is one, just simply the fact of getting rid of material. When you don't have to spend the money to grind it, <clears throat> you've saved money. The other part of it is is this progression, you know, that, that by, by having less material and being able to better utilize the, the, a, a capital investment, i.e. the HPGR crushers, we're able to make some wholesale changes downstream. And, and it all works because of the geology, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm pleased to hear what Brendan's doing, you know, that, you know, it's, it's not a one-stop shop, you know, you, right. you have to play around with it, you know, and, and what works for us, you know, with XRT combined with, uh, you know, a scavenger circuit of, of laser sorting, works great. It's yeah. not, not going to work. He's got a different ore body, but he's found another technology that allows him to identify material on a moving belt. And once we finish that step, the rest of it's physics. Yeah, it's just a matter of knowing where that rock is on the moving belt, and and then then the computer takes care of the rest. It knows when to open and close the air valves and and, and whatnot. So this is, uh, I believe, that sorting technology is technology that's going to fundamentally change our industry over the next five years. Uh, we've sh yeah. we've shied away from it. It's time has come. The computing capacity is here. The artificial yeah. intelligence is yeah, yeah. here. 
and and more of us have got to open our eyes and embrace this technology. Yeah, and I think that it becomes, you say not every project is going to be amenable to sorting. Even with our project, the core, Tom and Jason, very homogenous, uh, very hard to make sorting work. You, you, you might use sort to, if you know, when you're on your underground, so you can overbreak comfortably and just get rid of your waste, right? Uh, not worry about underbreaking or something like that, or sending waste to uh, the mill, but um, probably not, right? Um, but boundary zone, it seems to work, and I think that it's, I think it's going to become an essential part of preliminary metallurgy studies. Um, I think you're, you're looking at the metallurgy of your project, you're trying to figure out how your project gets processed. If it seems to be heterogeneous, let's, you know, put it put it through some prelim sorting tests. Are, are you surprised that the adoption rate of ore sorting hasn't picked up as as quickly as maybe others would assume? Uh, look, there's a lot of wait and see in this industry. It is still is a capital expense. I, I think ultimately this industry is, we're slow adopters, you know. Um, I remember a, a geophysicist telling me that they went to the American Congress of Geophysicists or something like that, and there's the, the oil and gas guys and the mining guys, and the oil and gas guys like consider the mining guys to be like the your stupid cousin, <laughs> right? Like because the mining guys are so slow to pick up technology, and I think that I think that that's going to start to happen, and I think it's going to become a. a you know, now, you know, we didn't get much love on sorting, you know, we expect it's kind of a esoteric news release, right? But right. W when you look at the whole picture of what that means for our project, it's it's a potentially a complete game changer, yeah. right? And I think it's hard for people to digest that, and then you're also battling the cynics. Yeah. You know, because unlike your project where the sorting improves it, um, our project for the boundary zone, not for Tom and Jason, for the boundary zone, it, it's probably necessary to make it, right? So It's so, a different application. Yeah, it's a different application, so it, it's, I understand the skeptics in that regards, and we know we've got we've got to demonstrate that it actually works, right? Right. Let me ask you about shareholder value, mm -hmm. and uh, if shareholders and investors are reading news releases that has either test studies with with ore sorting or you know updates and upgrades with ore sorting, I mean, what about that should make them excited that their money is going to continue to build? Yeah, you know, I mean, look, a, a uh, we are in the business of extracting metals, but like all businesses, our, our, our game is to make money, right? Uh, I think there's some bigger, or not even bigger, uh, mining companies who seem to think it's about the most ounces or the most tons or the whatever, but it's not. It's, it's God forbid, free cash flow, <laughs> right? right? So all of that, you know, as you're talking about, it, it impacts like, I'm now I'm reducing my, my mill size, now I'm, I'm changing my grind, now I'm you know, tweaking this, and it's all adding up to more free cash flow in the end. And, and there are thousands of inputs into the, the mine, right? And you have to learn what are the big levers to it. Um, and metallurgy is a big lever to value, right? You know, I, uh, one of the great definitions of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result. <clears throat> I think that I think an investor who sees that somebody's looking at ore sorting should uh, recognize that they have a management team who is seeking for ways to extract value that hasn't been done before. I think that they should be keenly interested in in uh, in the idea that technology is being applied and and recognize that it doesn't work for everybody. You know, different objectives may be at, may be at stake. You know, Brent is looking at, you know, can, can can he take this zone and and make it work? 
can he move it from just being a resource to being a reserve? Yeah. That's an important consideration. You know, at Mount Todd, it was it was cost cutting for us. It was being more efficient. At some point in time, we may apply it to low grade or below or below our cutoff or, or material below our cutoff grade as a way of upgrading it and getting it from a stockpile into the plant. Um, you know, those are those are things that are possible. But uh, you know, you're right. We're slow adopters. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we have we have this this tradition and, and quite honestly if we're going to change that we've got it we it need there needs to be companies like ours that are willing to make the investment take the chance test it and thoroughly test it yeah. you know and, and and I'm pleased to hear that you're you're going down the path that you're going to send a couple of tons yeah I think it's a phenomenal exercise to go there and watch that test work happen because when you see it on a, on a production scale machine it's easy to become a believer in this technology oh, yeah. so. It's something we've we've got to we've got to adopt. Fred, how many uh, questions have you uh, been asked about ore sorting over the last three years, and other companies potentially looking at that? You know, we've signed confidentiality agreements with a number of companies, and, and here we are, a small company with you know a hundred million dollar market cap, and we've got people like uh, senior producers in Australia coming in and, and saying, "Wow, you guys are way farther down the track than we are." And uh, and uh, how many questions have I received? I don't know, hundreds. Yeah. And and quite honestly, it's a technology that's pretty easy to get your head around, but it's surprising how many people are on the sidelines still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a meeting with a company today that actually deploys sorting uh, in a few of their minds. And yeah. so to them, it was like, okay, yep, they immediately understood it. There was no cynicism about it. They, they got it, right? Right. Some people who haven't seen it deployed, there's a bit more of an education factor. And, and the reality is that the more you have to educate someone on what you're doing, the harder it is to convince them that, that your company is the investment for them, right? Like people like the easy decisions, right? So. Um, well, I would think you, you know. would have an advantage of an earlier stage project mm -hmm. to look at those companies and other projects that have already implemented or sorting yeah. and kind of, you know, you can mitigate some of those challenges when it comes to adoption, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and herein is the challenge. <clears throat> 12 years ago, we, we indicated that we were going to use high-pressure grinding rolls as part of our circuit. And the response was, oh, that's new technology. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, Boddington, uh, the Newmont, commissions the Boddington operation with high-pressure grinding rolls. And Newcrest commissions Cadia with high-pressure grinding rolls. And today, if you say you've got high-pressure grinding rolls, it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Everybody uses high-pressure grinding rolls. I think that the same thing is going to happen. That it's going to take one of the senior producers or another large company to say, "Hey, we're buying into to ore sorting," and as soon as they as soon as they run it on a big operation, everybody's going to go, "Oh, ore sorting? Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you're using that. That's that's a really good technology." Yeah. We're we're just skeptical of technology, and and it takes sometimes the validation of somebody big buying in to say that this is really good stuff, but. There's a lot of small companies that are doing innovative things, and it's fun to have this conversation. Yeah, yeah and you think like in the, the SEDEX world, um, at one point in time, the ISA mill or the, the Sturt mill, you know, it's not you know a, a Glencore product, uh, was like, a, oh, well that's, you know, I don't know about that, right? And now there is, I don't know if there's a SEDEX project out there, operation that doesn't use a Sturt mill, right? It, it is the, we have fine grinds. It's the de facto way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it was new technology 20 years ago, 25 years ago. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much. I'm glad we could have the conversation. It's uh, it's unique. I think it will probably happen more often <laughs> in the years to come. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate your time and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's Fred Ernest from CEO of Vista Gold and Brandon McDonald, CEO of Fireweed Zinc. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.